And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating Friday as we head into the weekend, not being afraid even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas because our help comes from the Lord. First, I was a very bad student in my earliest school days. I wouldn't listen. I kept looking around the room at different things, looking at the clock on the wall and counting the seconds until the bell rang for either lunch, recess, or the close of the school day. But at some point, the teacher would notice my excessive wanderings and then say, Mr. Spoon, please pay attention. She was trying to get me to pay attention and to drift less. That's the way it goes between God and us. Next, being a Jewish Christian, I have a wee bit of diversity. I'm a Baptist, a Pentecostal, a child of the highest God. I have a multitude of ordinations and from different denominations and an education from different denominations. I'm well aware that the body of Christ is wide. The way in is narrow. It is only through Jesus. But once in the kingdom, there is a great deal of territory and diversity. And if I were to despise those who truly call on his name, I would be a child of shame. And finally, so often the tougher encouragements for people center around two major principles, the feelings that accompany personal loss and the grief that accompanies suffering. These experiences are not foreign to Jesus. He knew them well. So in his infinite wisdom, he pours his wisdom into the word. We examine this advice from God. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Uh Uh-oh. Spiritual observations. My life's insanity is annoying. So much more. Hey, hey. We're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us live during the show, just like you can email us live during the show, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us. Oh, my goodness. You can use the phone. (gasps) Yes. You can call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, it will be Captain Chris who will answer the phone, and then you will be... (laughs) 
All righty. Now, as you can tell, or if you've been listening to the show, any topic is open for conversation. Does that mean that you'll agree with everything I say? No. Does that mean I'll agree with everything you say? No. But as brothers and sisters, we can talk about it, right? Yes. And you got to remember, it's not professional radio. How do you know that? If you've listened to two minutes of this show in the last three years, you already know it's not professional radio. <laughs> okay. Cannot stress that enough, okay? Uh, it's kind of a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. Kind of. You know what I'm saying? A little bit. Bottom line is, if you have a thought, a question, an idea, a concept, it's not a kvetch fest. So our, our, our wonderful caller that called and said, well, what about this? How does this work? Awesome. There's nothing wrong. It's great. People should be exposed to other concepts. That's actually one of the things I'm going to be teaching on. You may not agree with everything that everybody says. The biggest thing is you're going to stand before God and you're going to give an account before the Lord. And You better have all the stuff in there that you need to have before in order to do it right. So you want to be diligent, study the scriptures, know what it is, and show yourself approved before the Lord. Bottom line, perhaps you want to share a praise report or maybe a prayer request, something going on. Or maybe in your own heart and mind, you think, I can answer Bible trivia all day long. Okay, then. Here you go. In the book of Genesis, who had a dream that there would be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine? Who had a dream? Remember the first trivia question was about a dream? Here's the next one. In the book of Genesis, who had a dream that there'd be seven years of plenty— followed by seven years of famine. If you think you know the answer to that, you are welcome to reach out to us. Our number here, 972-445-0770. You can also text us at 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I think I covered most everything on that. Uh, Only other thing to tell you, let's see. Yes, yes, yes. No, I really don't want to tell you about that. Yeah, okay, good. All right, we did find out it is. We do believe it's Al's birthday. Is that correct? So, uh, in in honor of that, we want to make sure to say happy birthday to our good list, good friend, good listener, Al. So you got a little happy birthday tune. What do you got? Boy, I am ready to go to sleep. How about you? <laughs> we gotta jazz oh, yeah. that up. We gotta, we gotta come up with some. That's like. <laughs> if Al heard that, he went click. Okay. Anyway, happy birthday, Al. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. All right, let's do our text. We're gonna do this uh, portion, uh, and then uh, we uh, just had somebody text in for a prayer, prayer request. We'll do that on the next roundabout. Uh, but let's do this real quickly. Hebrews chapter two, verse one. We must therefore pray. Even or sorry, we must therefore pay even more attention to what we have heard so that we will not drift. We must therefore pay even more attention to what we've heard so that we will not drift away. Do you remember when you were in grade school and the teacher would say, pay attention? Okay. Now, if you went to school, I think if you were homeschooled, okay, I think no matter what the case may be, all right? At some point, your mom, your dad, your teacher, 
your your Hebrew school teacher, especially my Hebrew school teacher, your uh, any teachers said, pay attention, right? They'd say, pay attention, because what would we do in class? Let's just be honest. What would you do in class? Uh, the teacher would go, blah, 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 blah. And you'd be like, mm-hmm. well, look, a bird. You know, it's like that's what we would do. And all I'm doing, and yes, sometimes you do that during the show. I know that. I just don't want you guys to close your eyes while you're driving. Here's the bottom line. We are told that we need to pay attention because we can drift. The teacher would say, pay attention. We need to pay more attention because what we heard and what we know is true, we can still drift. And every time I think of the concept of drift, there's two things I think of. One, I grew up in Michigan, so we would have snow drifts. You know what a snow drift is? That's when the winds would whip into a certain spot and the snow would be falling. And instead of it being the two or three inches that it's supposed to be in Michigan, where the drift was, it'd be 15, 18, 20, 20, just like drift. The drift would just grow and it would just kind of consume. The other drift that I think of is being on a boat. So we have Captain Chris who does sailing away. Here's the thing. If you drift one degree off course in a matter of time, you will be so far away, you won't even know where you're at. Just take two lines and run them up next to each other and then move it one degree and just keep going in that same direction, being off one degree, and you will be so far apart, you don't even know how to reconnect. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about drifting. You want to stay centered in the Word of God. You may come to different conclusions. That part's not the issue. You want to stay centered in the Word of God. The Lord created the universe. The dude can write a book. Let's leave it there. Not that complex. By the way, on our trivia question, the question was, who had a dream about seven years of good and seven years of bad? Seven years of good and seven years of bad. That would be Pharaoh. Pharaoh was the one who had the dream, just to make sure you're staying on top of it. When we come back, we'll do our next segment, plus we'll do a prayer request. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. What is the David Spoon experience? Ladies and gentlemen, it's been my privilege in my past. I've been a Christian for a short time, only about 40 years. But when I was in my first year, I had a chance to meet James Robeson, who had a chance to pray for my brother and myself. Uh, Very helpful at a very needful time as we were fighting our way out of a Christian cult. And uh, he prayed for clarity. And uh, it was just a pastor's gathering in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, I have the privilege again of interviewing one of what what I consider to be one of the great men of God who are still with us on this planet. And I just want to give a wholehearted welcome and open door and open heart to James Robeson. Uh, Thank you, sir, for being a part of our show and a part of our audience. Well, David, it's a pleasure to join with you, and I'm grateful that praying together was uh, meaningful to you to a very important part and point in your life. So just joy to be with you and your listeners. Now, David, can I just download what I believe is the heart of our Heavenly Father to your listeners for a few minutes? Yes, please, by all means. When I spoke to the leaders before the election, and I talked about the need, this is in Washington, there were nearly 2,000 pastors and church leaders there. And I said, I'm telling you, there are people right now who are being captivated by the Jesus they see in some of our lives. And I said, listen to me, 
we have a fatherless nation, desperately in need of a father. If we, as believers, as Christians, who have the perfect father, if we would show people clearly what the family of the perfect father looks like, I believe the fatherless would run to the father and the father's house. And I believe that. I said that to the President of the United States. I said, sir, your children say you're a good father. Eric Trump happened to be sitting by me when I first said that. Eric said, he's a great father. I said, well, he may be, but that doesn't mean he's flawless. I do believe that we need a father, and I believe we can pray, and God can raise up people that have a father's heart. And so I began to emphasize the church revealing what the father's like. Now listen to me. We as believers comprise the body of Christ the body of born-again, baptized into Christ believers who are born from above. We have a perfect heavenly Father who reveals his will. He's not willing that any should perish. He said, you call on me, and I'll heal your land. Now listen to me. Christian believers, we're not looking for a champion. We've got one. He's the only one that rides the white horse. We're not looking for a king. We have a king. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, that's Jesus. He holds kings in his hand. Our king, our shepherd, our father, said, come to me as my family, and you ask me to heal your land in desperate need of healing. You come in humility. You come knowing I'm the only one that can heal, and I can use imperfect vessels to accomplish my perfect will. I always have. I always will. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Uh, We'll do our trivia question in just a second. Uh, We want to pray. So Annika and Neil are are some of our listeners, and they're the ones that, if you went on Facebook, they're the ones that... uh, Drew that picture, plus they, they gave me a movie, which I watched, by the way. Uh, and uh, we just want to pray because Neil just found out that he's having uh, some financial difficulties that have come up for the month of January. You know, Plus, they've got some uh, personal issues, real estate issues that are going on around their house. But let's pray primarily first for Neil's finances and for everybody's finances because I think it's worthwhile. It's been uh, a tough time for some, tougher than others. So let's just pray. Father, we come before you right now, and we love that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the God that is not just a provider, but that you care uh, and that you are intimately, intricately involved in our lives. For anybody who wants to count the hairs on our head, you must know everything about us, every element that we're in. And some of us are having more difficulty financially, whether it's because of the economy, the country, the this, that, whatever, doesn't matter. Lord, you can bring water out of a rock. And so we are asking you to provide, to be the provider, the, not just the source, as, but also the resource for all of us to be able to prevail and keep going. Take care of your kids like you took care of the children of Israel in the desert where there were no means for them to have any of the materials, and yet their clothes never wore out. Take care of your kids. We ask you for help. We, we beseech you. We ask you. We bow our hearts before you and simply say, please help in these situations. And in Neil's situation, let him find immediate deliverance for an immediate testimony that he can share and watch over the audience. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so that's how we're going to start that 
right there. Let's just start there. Number two will be our trivia question, and it says the following. In which book of the Bible do we find the words, I am the Rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys? Ooh. I am a Rose of Sharon, or Sharon. Some people say it's Sharon. Does that matter? Seriously? I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valley. What book is that in? If you think you know the answer to that, please, and by all means, uh, reach out to us. You can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.com. Org. All right. We got so much going on. I kind of like it that way because it kind of gets busy and we get, you know, everybody's just bouncing around. Uh, let me uh, see if I can do this for you real quickly. A couple of uh, funny, funnier things. You know, you need everybody needs to laugh a little. Hey, laugh. It's good for you. Okay. Ready? This is from George Burns. This doesn't mean that this is a brilliant theological statement. It's just funny. Okay. Relax. The secret of a good sermon is to have a good beginning and a good ending and to have those two as close together as is possible. <laughs> Come on. That is good. There's not a pastor in the world who wouldn't think, well, that's funny. Uh, here's a couple other funny uh, things. This is just like what we call God's laughter, little funny things. Uh, how do you make God laugh? Tell him what your plans are. That's that's a good one. Uh, this is uh, – uh, skip that. I, I have taken a vow of poverty. To test me, please send money. <laughs> I like that one. I think we should put that up on the website. I've taken a vow of poverty. To test me, please send money. Uh, I used to be indecisive, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> is that right? Okay. Okay. All right. That got buzzed. <laughs> I can't blame you. All right, and uh, you want to hear the legal definition of a modern Lord's Prayer? You know the Lord's Prayer, you know, our Father up in heaven, right? Now, nobody get upset about this. When people get legalistic, I mean, you know what I do? I just laugh at you, <laughs> just in case you want to know. Does that infuriate you? <laughs> All right, listen to this. Our Father, now this is a legal brief Lord's Prayer. Get that? Our Father, who shall be termed party of the first part, whose place of business is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom, pursuant to terms and conditions thereof. Thy will, duly uncontested, be done on earth in as far as existing statutes permit, as it is in heaven. Give us this 31st day of December. 2022, our daily bread, forgive us our debts, notwithstanding claims, liens, and legal costs, as we, who shall be termed party of the second part, forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, in example, sin, corruption, greed, gluttony, etc., but deliver us from evil, the nature of which shall be determined by the court, for thine is the kingdom and the power, and uh, pending appeal, the glory forever. Amen. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought it was funny. All right, let's get into our text. Did you think that was oh. It's good. That was, nah, was not bad. Legally binding. Yes, legally binding. All right, despising other people's expressions of God. So when people have a difference of opinion, it's not there's that's not the wrong part. It's how you handle that. Right? 
Okay, 2 Samuel 6, 13 through 16. This is in, none of this was pre-planned. This is, or none of this was like in response to this. is just what we have. When those carrying the ark of the Lord advanced six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fat calf. David was dancing with all his might before the Lord, wearing a linen ephod. He and the whole house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and with sounds of ram's horn. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Saul's daughter, Michal, looked down from the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Okay, did you get that? All right, so David bringing up the offering, celebrating before the Lord, dancing with all his might, which I would guess is probably not a two-step dance. I'm going to go with, or not square dancing. I think dancing with all your might is probably like, you know, full-out, you know, dancing kind of thing, right? And so Mikkel is his wife, Saul's daughter, and she's looking down from the window, and she despises David because she... A daughter of the king would never stoop so low as to dance like that in front of people. And so she had a, a, a premise where she was like, I, dis- I just despise the way you did it. She despised him in her heart. Verse 23, following this text, and Saul's daughter Michal had no children to the day of her death. Her despisement displeased God greatly. And so here's David. He's dancing, you know, dance fever. I guess you can kind of do some kind of disco thing in there. I just can't really help. Shouts and horns. So if you're thinking about shouts and horns, think of like a football game. Actually, think of a soccer game where they have all those, what are those things? I don't even know what they're called. What are they called? The Vuvuzulas or. <laughs> yeah, the big expanded gazoo thingies, right? That's what we're talking about. And they're all like. And they're leaping and they're dancing and they're jumping up and down. It's like pogo sticks. Boom, 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 boom. Everybody's all over the place. And Mikhail despises this. And here's the key to the text for a practical application. The dynamic application principle here is to despise other people's expressions of God because we don't like them is folly at the best. At the worst, it's right up there with blaspheming the work of God, since people are the work of God. Got to be careful here. And you think, oh, wait, you can't. No, no, no. Look it. We tell people on a regular basis that if you're, it, it doesn't matter what that background part is. It doesn't matter that. What matters is that you understand that Jesus died on the cross, was buried. Three days later, he rose again, and that he ascended to the Father, and that he's returning soon. And you either acknowledge that testimony. John chapter one verse twelve says, "Receive the testimony," which in the Greek is "receive, accept." Every other word you can come up with, exact same word. And then you you acknowledge that testimony, you say, yes, that testimony, or you reject it. It's one of the two. You either reject it or accept it. That's the basis. Not what your ecclesiology is. Not what your—then that means church, the study of church. Not what your eschatology is. Boy, there's an area that people have allowed to divide— to divide in that, which was like terrible. It's terrible. God would never—no intent for eschatology to separate people. It's ridiculous. And the result from God, by the way, is that Mikhail's womb was shut down, which was a direct disgrace from God. Only God could have done that. Nobody else could have done that. David couldn't have done that. Nobody could have done that. 
And she despised David and her because she didn't like the way he was doing his faith. Oh, don't do that. You know why I'm a Baptist? Well, first of all, I'm Jewish. So that just gives me the room to do and say almost anything. And second of all, because I'm not dumb enough to say the Baptists are all right or wrong, and the Pentecostals are all right or wrong, or the Church of God is all right or wrong, or the Church of Christ is all right or Stop it. What are you, 12? For crying out loud, there's 12 tribes in Israel. They don't all do the same thing, but guess what? When war is on, it's one Israel that's called. Right? That's just, oh, well, there you go. There it is. And that's important for us to grasp, for us to understand. We need to be careful about that. And that's really good. In fact, I'm really glad that we had that caller because that really gives you a good example. You know, you you probably won't agree with a lot. There's a lot of people that sit down with me and think, oh, you shouldn't be that or you shouldn't eat this or you shouldn't do that. Nah. (laughs) That's my response because I don't really care about other people. I care about what the Lord thinks. But... Careful about despising. Disagreeing? Okay. Saying that, I go a different direction. Fine. But don't despise. That's dangerous. All right. The trivia question. Which book of the Bible do we find the words, I am the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valleys? And the answer is the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs. That's the book we're talking about. All right, folks. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his B.A. degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? Hey, David, this is Al. Hi, brother. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Okay. I just wanted to call, so I wanted to try to get this answer in. All right, that and that's a that's a good. I don't know if you had a chance to hear that with Matt or not, but boy, I like that guy. He's got a you know he's committed to the doctrine. I love people that are committed. Uh, I don't know. Will, will you put his website on Facebook or? On uh, I can put it. I'll put it on our website. Give them a link, and okay. uh, I'll make sure I got to get permission because I don't want to do anything where they're not. You know, I, I'm real. I try to be really careful, but but I don't think they'll have any sure. problem with that. So we, we won't take anything. It's just it's good for apologetics, and we're going to use some of it. All right, here you go. Here okay. you go. Here's your first one. Who had a late night visit from an angel who assured him that he would be safe aboard a storm tossed ship i'm i don't think this is right but i'm gonna go with peter so close what's the other name that's really close to that paul <laughs> yes that's it that's it there he is. 
<laughs> All right. That's in Acts chapter 27, verse 23 and 24. Before they had the shipwreck at the end there at 28, he said to relax. Everybody's going to be fine. Nobody's going to die on the ship. You're all going to end up at this island, you know. And so he was telling everybody to calm down. That's the person who had the late night uh, visit. Now, Peter did have a visit from an angel in prison in Acts 12. So you could make an argument that that was part of the answer, too. But that's why we went to the safe aboard a storm-tossed ship. That's mm-hmm. that's where we get yeah. the definition. So good shot, though. Very good. Very good, my brother. You know how much I appreciate it. Good job. Yeah, and I'll never forget that answer. Always, <laughs> never, you will Paul never now. forget that. Paul. This is Paul. This is Paul. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Excellent job, my brother. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Y'all have a great day. All right. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I took a bunch of pieces of paper, pieces of paper, crumpled them up and threw them out, and history was one of them right here. <laughs> just having one of those. It's Friday yet. It is Friday. <laughs> the lord it is friday i can't wait till next week so i got the in-laws coming in plus the brother-in-law and his wife uh, uh mom and dad coming in then you've got uh school starting and we've got uh, just and then we're going to be closing out one of the other books and going into another book it's just like yeah 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 it should be interesting <laughs> that's my comment it should be interesting right that's that's the nicest way to say it uh okay, so we just did this song of songs, the 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 or the song of Solomon in regards to the question, uh, who wrote, you know, I am the rose of Sharon, or what book is in I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valleys? Here's a follow up question in the song of songs: Which animals are said to ruin the vineyard? In the song of songs, or in the song of Solomon, which animals are said to ruin? The Vineyard. If you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Now, let's see. Is that, uh, I got it to, so double checking with Joy. Joy, was it Al, Al's birthday? I just don't know what's going on in the birthday thing. Because <laughs> Al just goes, whose birthday? Okay, I just have nothing. Uh, are we ready for somebody to answer the trivia question, though? Okay, well, let's do that. Okay. This is David. Who am I talking to? Yes, sir. I told Chris, this is Captain Rogers. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I hope you're better. I am better. I love when you say that. I do. I think that's a great (laughs) greeting. I just love it. All right. This is a classic because a lot of people don't realize that this happens and people kind of miss what's going on. So here you go. I'm going to give you the chance and give you a chance to kind of respond to it. In the Song of Songs, which animals are said to ruin the vineyard? The little foxes. That is correct. And it's important because, I'll tell you why it's important. It's the foxes and the little foxes. In the Hebrew, it's the little foxes. And the reason is, is because it's the little things. It's the littlest 
things that nip and bite, nip and bite, and nip and bite. You've heard that expression, a death by a thousand cuts. Well, it comes, it actually comes from this, because usually it does, and it has to do with just little nips and little bites. And if that keeps going and it's unchecked, it eventually destroys things. Excellent job there, by the way, especially picking up the word little. Good job. Yes, sir. All right, my good you friend. Have a blessed day. You too, and have a fantastic weekend. God bless. Okay. Okay. Uh, Al's birthday is uh, February 19th. So I'm trying to figure out what Joy was talking about for Al's birthday. I don't know. You mean we wasted a perfectly good happy birthday? I know. And what's worse is that was such a bad birthday tune. I just, we've got to get rid of that. You know, it's like, <gasps> happy birthday. It's like Eeyore singing it. We got to do something better than that. All right. I'm just going to move on now. <laughs> Joy's like, let's celebrate Al anyway. This is our, this is our, okay. I'm going into the next thing. In regards to, I want to talk about feelings of loss or suffering. I want to talk to you about something. And you're going to find this kind of a weird way for me to approach this, but just bear with me. Was there anything else we need? Oh, we need to cover history. Okay. Well, we probably should do that since I agree with it. We're going to cover history, then we'll go back to that. Go ahead. Let's go All right, today is uh, National Bobblehead Day. Did you ever have a bobblehead? Now you have to think about it. Yes, that? you did have one. I had I had a couple of bobbleheads. I will I will confess. It's that National Tempura Tempura Day, which is the the breaded stuff, right? Is that then that tempura? Isn't that? Yeah, it's like a, like fried. Fried, but well, like it, real light batter. It's nice. Yeah, it's light. So the difference between tempura and like deeply fried is the word tempura. <laughs> It's like, kind of batter. Okay. Uh, it's also uh, I am a mentor day. That's good. People should be mentors. And it's Harlem Globetrotters Day, which I will tell you that I did have a relationship with Meadowlark Lemon and uh, had him at the church that I was pastoring and ha- had a couple of different occasions to uh, engage with him. Great. It was just a wonderful guy. I'm just His son, actually, is just super-duper fantastic. Uh, 1610, Galileo first observed the four largest moons of Jupiter— uh, and then uh, 1894, a patent for motion picture film was granted to W.K. Dixon. And uh, there's two big stars that came out. I just find this to be mass- fascinating. In 1929, both Buck Rogers and Tarzan were presented for the first time, which I find amazing because one's like Tarzan reverting back, and then Buck Rogers is like pushing forward to the future. Isn't that weird? I find stuff like that strange. All right, now we're done with that. We're done with that. Anything else? Okay. All right. Al says everybody still has a month to do their shopping because it's not his birthday yet. Just remember that. In regards to feeling, uh, feelings or, or uh, you know, our feelings of losing something or suffering something, I want to, I literally want to use this portion in Jeremiah 45 and make sure I do a good job of it. This is what. 45 1 says, This is what Jeremiah the prophet told Baruch, son of Neriah, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, Je- Jehoiakim, sorry, son of Josiah, king of Judah, after Barak had written on the scroll. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to you, Barak. You say, Woe to me, the Lord has added sorrow to my pain. I am worn out with groaning and find no rest. The Lord said, say this to him. This is what the Lord says. I will overthrow what I have built and uproot what I have planted throughout the land. Should you then seek 
great things for yourself. Seek them not. Ooh. <laughs> people don't like that. For I will bring disaster on all people, declares the Lord, but wherever you go, I will let you escape with your life. So there's this part of you and I that knows that the Lord does answer prayer, and there are blessings in that process, and you don't really pray for something unless you're planning on getting it. I think that's kind of the whole premise of praying and seeking. The problem is too many people, of course, pray about things that are fleshly-oriented or that are personal gratification-oriented, and God's not a genie, so it doesn't work that way. Uh, but the process of prayer and seeking them and pursuing the Lord, uh, it's the Scripture in Jeremiah 45 tells you, you know what? You know what? You know, I'm going to do a big judgment move, and you know what you should do? You should really not seek great things for yourself, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you live. And people are thinking, wait, wh what? <laughs> it's like, before our personal Christian fantasy land comes Ephesians 1.11. So before your, this is my Christian fantasy land, here's what the passage says in Ephesians 1.11. In him we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In other words, before anything, anywhere, at any time ever happened, God had a plan. God has a plan. God will always have a plan. The plan is in place. And it's not based on you or me having our uh, what our uh, what is the expression? Just desserts is that is that the expression? It's like just as it's not you and me getting the golden ring or the golden ticket. It's not Willy Wonka. You're not going to the chocolate factory. It's not, that's not what it is. Okay, there are times where the Lord tells you, you know what? It's going to get brutal. It's going to get hard. It's going to get mean. But the, here's the grace I'm going to give you. I'm going to let you survive. Even in our intro, we go survive, you know, surviving, living, and prevailing. It's like sometimes surviving is what you get. The alternative is not great, right? 2 Corinthians 4.17, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Sometimes the Lord wants us to keep into perspective that what he's going to bring to us in glory is worth the rubbish that we feel we're going through now. I know it's so hard because you're like, but I'm going through it now. I know. Me too. But it's defined in Scripture as light and momentary. But, Dave, it seems like it's going on forever. I feel you. <laughs> That's all I can say to you. But it's not. It's not going to go on forever. It's light and momentary, especially when in comparison with What's coming? And then Romans 8, 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that would be revealed in us. You see, what you're going through now is hard. It is difficult, but it's not on the same scale of what's coming. And that's where I think we blow it. Where we blow it is not, oh, I'm going through this trial and, you know, you know, but, you know, I'm going to get a reward out of this. You know, I'm going through this, you know, six weeks, six months, whatever, really hard time, but I'm getting a reward out of this. I'm going to win the lottery. <laughs> and therein lies part of the problem. The problem is sometimes that reward, that gifting, that blessing that the Lord promises is something that he will manifest in eternity. 
which is why we can never live with eternity uh, apart from us. In other words, we can never live without having eternity in our pocket, in our front pocket, to be really honest, because it is by eternity that we are able to endure all the things that we have to endure. It's very important to keep things in perspective. A hundred years from now, everything will be meaningless except everything that pertains to eternity, period. Get that? Ooh. Ouch. Yowza. Okay, we take our break and come back. Uh, we have a Pastor Ray uh, devotion that we're going to share. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. A couple things I think we'll open up with. I've decided to open up with a story that I wasn't going to open up with because it's such an outrageous story, but it's not an outrageously super bad story. It's an outrageously super dumb story. There's a big difference. Bad is when I tell you, which I'll be telling you probably in the next segment, how the federal government is creating a database to track down uh, hate speech as they define it. We'll That's talk, bad. We'll talk about that a little bit. This is dumb, but it's funny dumb. Dumb, ha-ha, funny, but not entirely. Get this. Now, I'm holding a picture in my hands. You can't see it. But there are four monkeys in this picture that I'm holding. And the headline reads this. Millions in taxpayer money used to study drunken monkeys. No, no, really, drunken monkeys. And you're thinking, no, you're making that up. Nope, federal government reportedly has spent $3.2 million dollars so far, in order to get monkeys drunk, in order to study the effect of alcohol on the monkeys. 
<laughs> I don't know. See, I don't know where you're even going to go. Where are you going to go with this? There's, I'm going nowhere, Dave. There's no... I got nothing to there's say. There's no comment that anybody can make. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here's your next trivia question, the right way to finish off the week. Who wore a crown of thorns? Okay. Who wore a crown of thorns? If you think you know the answer, you can call... 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at he must org, or you can send a paper airplane, and hopefully it gets here before the time I take off, go back home to fate. It will probably arrive about the same time I get there since traffic is usually pretty bad on a Friday. Okay? All right. All right, we do have somebody calling in. Uh, I do want you guys to be in prayer because I have to pick the next book that we're going to be studying. So I know there's going to be another Old Testament book. I've got like seven books that I've recently finished in expository study, and so I'm going to teach on those and see where that goes. Uh, in the meantime, we have somebody ready to answer our trivia question, so here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, it's Chris in Dallas. Hi, Chris. How are you? Great. I was just listening to your show. I hope it. Uh, the answer is the answer is Jesus Christ. That is correct, Amanda. You are right, sir. I hope yeah, that I, I hope a, while you were listening, you didn't get a headache or anything. <laughs> no, no. I had a question for you. Sure. Fire away. Is there any any chance, uh, based on your uh, our comment regarding the drunk monkeys, is there any chance that we can really drain the swamp? By doing away with the Department of Agriculture, Department of Education, and giving that money back to the states. Every penny spent in those federal agencies because they appear to be redundant. I will tell you, with, I, I will tell you, Chris, there is only one chance and one answer. I know people are going to disagree with me, but if, you, if you're a student of Scripture, there is one chance— and one chance alone for this nation, and it is by the sovereign hand of God that he extends mercy to us as a nation and allows us to return to anything normal. If that does not happen, there is nothing that will ever change. In other words, all the wisdom and all the strategies, and, and I've heard, I, I can just tell you, as you probably have too, I've heard them all. The one that I'm waiting on is for the church to get a little more serious, a little more prayerful, and ask God to change the hearts of the people that are in charge so that they quit doing the goofiest possible things in existence. That is, well, that, I, that is I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, it's— and human I, nature. I mean, it is. Human nature is— so selfish. It is, and it's the worst part about this, and people don't recognize this, and it's actually kind of a nice thing, but Judas was 
horrible, Jesus still picked him knowing that. So he gave him a chance, gave him some training, gave him some teaching. He still pilfered for them. He still took money from the bag. He was still this. He was still this. The only thing that can change those things, and I and I say this in the most sincere way, is to truly petition the heart of God that he may change leadership because no nation will succeed and, quite frankly, no nation will fail apart from the Lord's knowledge. And it's like it's got to be in his hands. Amen, got to brother. be that way. Well, thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. All right. Take thank care. you. God bless you. You too. Bye. Well, we had like three new calls today. People are listening and they're like going, eh, who is this guy? <laughs> All right, let me close out with a Pastor Ray devotional. Okay, let me do that. Uh, this came today. So if you have Pastor Ray's uh, material now, for those that don't know, Pastor Ray, he passed away on Tuesday. I found out Tuesday, like late afternoon, uh, Wednesday, a little harder on Wednesday. Uh, but we tried to do a, a, an honor or tribute to him, and then this is one of his devotions, and this is one of the reasons why Ray was, he was one of my best friends, and he was just he's just a great he was a great delight, and I did write and I wrote to them and just said I'm very mad about it because I've lost it, but I'm very jealous because he's in the presence of the Lord, so you know that guy he's always he's always getting blessed first. I don't get it. Anyhow, this is what was written. I'm just going to read the whole thing, and we'll go from there. Uh, A purpose for being alive. Dear friends, the recent passing of Pastor Ray has left us grieving yet rejoicing to think of him with his beloved Lord. We want to honor his life of serving and teaching God's Word by continuing to share the daily devotions he prepared for you. We will deeply miss him, but we're blessed that we can continue to learn and be inspired by his love for the Lord and for you, his precious readers. And this is what Ray wrote, okay? Uh, he's it's his devotional. I can hardly wait uh, to continue the course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. This is from the message, the the Bible, the message, which is a paraphrase, but this is Philippians one twenty. It says. I can hardly wait to continue on my course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known. Regardless of whether I live or die, they didn't shut me up. They gave me a pulpit. The author of those words, the Apostle Paul, knew his purpose for being alive, for existing on the earth. This is what Ray wrote. He didn't necessarily know what he would be doing all the time, but he knew why God created him. And because of that, he was excited about life. Listen to him. I can hardly wait to continue on my course. Oh, that we would all wake up every day feeling like that. Paul was free even in prison. He possessed a kind of freedom I wish we all could know. He learned to be vulnerable, open, his weaknesses exposed, his faults on display, his failures open to the public conjecture. But he knew why he was alive. The logo for a missionary organization displays an ox on one side, an altar on the other side, and the words ready for either, ready to work, ready to worship, ready for life, ready for death. This is how Paul lived. He could be set free or could be executed. The door could swing either way, and he was ready. Paul had one goal in life, to bring Jesus closer to people. 
to allow others to see Jesus through his life, to let people see God's glory and grace. It's hard to see God's glory and grace in people who seem perfect, intimidating, or super successful. So Paul had to live his life in prison and in public, letting the world see how Jesus overcame his failures, strengthened his weaknesses, and worked through him in spite of his shortcomings. Jesus had one goal during his life on earth, to show humanity the Father. He accomplished that through public ministry or just by hanging out with people. His life was filled with joy when he healed and taught and with sorrow as he wept for those who hurt. He was admired and worshipped. He was hated. He was rejected. He was crucified. All so that we could come to know the Father. This is John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. His friend John wrote that. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is from Francis Schaeffer. This is how he closed his devotional. Man, made in the image of God, has a purpose, to be in relationship to God who is there. Man forgets his purpose, and thus he forgets who he is, and what life means. Isn't that... Yikes! I'm telling you, you guys think I'm kidding. I just wish I could be 10% of that. Are you kidding me? Listen. There's going to be ups and downs between now and the trumpet, whether it's a personal trumpet or a corporate trumpet. In the meantime... The Lord, and I, and, and I use this as, 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 the Lord has used imperfect vessels, just like James Robinson said, he always has, he always will. You're one of those, I'm one of those, we're those. Let the Lord use you in such a way so as to help people to find Jesus. If you have a different take on how to approach it or how you communicate, super. Get them to Jesus Christ the true Lord and Savior. Don't let the purpose of life be about, you know, those few brief moments of happiness because of, you know, because of the things that you're enjoying or things of that nature. I love my wife. I adore my wife, actually. And I love my kids and I adore my grandkids. Notice why I said that. Uh, and the bottom line is they're all fantastic but none of them are Jesus. And there's no greater treasure on earth or in heaven but him. And if we could have that heart, if we could think in those terms, and, and if we can communicate that in ministry and in living, which doesn't always mean that you're on a platform or behind a microphone. Sometimes it's just sitting in the chair, you know, hanging out. Sometimes it's playing a game. Sometimes it's just sharing with one another. I mean, just having a meal or having dessert or whatever. I don't care. If that could be the way we did it, if we could be Jesus to other people by allowing him to, I guess, emerge and shine through us without being fake holy, just being ourselves, and resting and relying on the grace that God has extended to us through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Man, would we impact this world. Wow. That would be something else, right? All right. Wherever you're going to go, let's just pray blessings on the rest of this week and to be that. Father, we come before you, and we, again, we thank you for Ray. We're jealous. You have him. 
<laughs> awesome. I look forward to seeing him. Uh, bottom line, Lord, help us to reflect Jesus Christ in everything we say and do in a professional capacity and in a relaxed capacity. Let us reflect the true Jesus Christ that you have given us as a gift. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a 72 and a half hour break, and then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.